listening to the local bar podcast with your host chad alexander come on in we have a lot of friends we want you to meet well hello there from beautiful downtown columbia south carolina located right in the heart of rosewood this is the local bar i'm your host chad alexander and of all the places you could be You've decided to spend some time with us today. How you doing? Local Bar can be found over on the iTunes, the Spotify, the iHeartMedia, wherever you get your great podcast, wherever you get the bad ones too. KKTY out there, out west, we broadcast with them. They run this show on Thursdays. Still not quite sure why all you folks out there like us, but we certainly appreciate you joining. Uh, while we are a show that addresses issues from all over, uh, we do from time to time address some things that are going on around our neighborhood because we think that you would like to know about them. And today, today I have got, today I have someone on the show that I have probably told at least 200 people about before. So why not tell thousands? I, I am I am super excited uh, to have um, so my guest today is Chad Atkins. He's from a band. Uh, called Appetite for Destruction. They are a tribute band for Guns N' Roses. Um, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan growing up. I love them. I love them. I, I love the hair bands. I did. That's when I was growing up in the 90s, pre-grunge, um, that transition from uh, pop into what is the world going to be before Nirvana and um, and uh, Pearl Jam and, and all those bands kind of came in. It's, it's I've, I've seen Tom Petty in an interview talk about we were sitting around waiting and we knew something was going to happen, but we didn't know what it was. But in that waiting time, we had these bands. And uh, I quite frankly, I think some of them go overlooked. Uh, I, I love Guns N' Roses. There was there was so much about them coming out of, a, of an era that was so showy and uh, such a different thing that the 80s pop was into these bands playing stadium rock but uh and they and they had some of the the worst video the, the november rain video is, is still my brother-in-law rob sent me uh something breaking down the, the november rain video not long ago about how just atrociously ridiculous it is and it is it is uh but the music that they made uh is still some of some of the my favorite music i there's not a month that i go by that i don't Seek out to listen to some Guns N' Roses music, I bet. Um, and uh, I, I doubt many of you go uh, that period of time without hearing it on the radio or somewhere else. But uh, I've seen these guys before, and they are amazing. They are amazing. They bring so much energy to the state. You can't go to the show and not have an absolute blast. Uh, so uh, just off the top here, I want to say, if you're in the Columbia, South Carolina area, this Friday, that would be the 26th at the Senate. I don't know if it's sold out yet or not. It will be. You have to go see these guys play. If you ever liked Guns N' Roses from the early 1990s and you live anywhere out of town, get here for Friday night. It'll be worth it. I promise you, you will have a black. If you were a fan of music during that time, if you grew up during that time, and remember seeing, you know, the Aerosmiths, the Def Leppards, like any of that stuff, Poison, Motley Crue, all that jazz. And you want to see someone 
take you back in time to the early 90s. It is worth your time and money to see this art that they perform on stage. You you got to, you just got to come see it. It's fantastic. Um, but Chad Atkins, um, probably the uh, guest with the coolest name that I've ever had on the show, uh, is going to join us here in a few moments. I had um, I had somebody email me uh, a week ago, and if you if you ever want to be a, a part of the show, Chad at localbarmedia.com is where the, the emails for the show go. And uh, if you've been a fan through the years, you know that I, I really do my best to answer all the emails I get, even even the trolly kind of emails. Um, I um, I got an email about a week or two ago, and I, I, I wasn't quite sure how to answer it. And, it, and it had been bugging me. I was like, God, i got to answer this guy back. And it was a really nice question, um, and it was talking about Justin Robert Young. If you've ever, if, if you don't know Jury, uh, check him out. He's got quite a few podcasts. He lives out west, San Francisco, uh, but he has what I what I believe is one of the premier political podcasts. It's called Politics, Politics, Politics. I wish you would come up with a better name, Jury. Uh, but ju- but Justin uh, used to be he was a journalist for a long time. He um, he's done a lot of uh, media and understands new media extremely well. But his 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 understanding of the schematics of politics is is different than what I've heard, ever heard from anyone else. And Jury is very rarely wrong. Although he he did predict uh, Kim Kardashian to run for president uh, in 2024, I believe. I don't I don't know about that. There are days I believe him. There are days I'm not so sure. He has a compelling argument there. It's 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 incredible. Um, but someone, if it, and Jerry was on the show last year and someone asked, um, Hey, have you ever thought about doing something kind of along the lines of jury? Um, I like it when you talk politics and I don't, I don't like it when I talk politics and I didn't know how to answer this, this, this guy back. And, uh, then all the Mueller stuff hit on Wednesday and I, it was, it, it, it came to me and I just, I, I was uh, in my car. I had stopped real quick. And I was catching up on some of the news, and I uh, before I started the car up, I just emailed this guy real quick because it's all a circus, and then I sent it back to him. And within a minute, <laughs> he had sent me an email back that says, "Yeah, I'm watching this too. Understood. Thanks." <laughs> My favorite email conversation I've had with a listener yet. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, that, that really made my day, <laughs> and. Uh, Yes, it's absolutely true. So if you came here for a breakdown of the Mueller report, you've come to the wrong podcast. I, 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 I do want to say something before we get into the interview, though. I saw some news. One of the things that I don't uh, I do not do a lot of rants on the show. Every now and then I'll get uh, a burr in my saddle about something. And um, you may not know this about me, but I absolutely hate like um, filters on cameras. Like Snapchat filters, or I guess Facebook's got them now. Um, my daughters, my wife, it, it seems like mostly females think they're hilarious and they love them. Um, I find them highly annoying <laughs> and I don't like them. And I've got a, I've got about a five minute speech about why I don't like filters. I'm not going to go into that. There's, I don't think you, I don't think you come here for a soliloquy on Snapchat filter. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving you that today. If, if enough folks go to the Patreon account, and donate. Um, maybe, maybe I'll think about doing that. Uh, so, if you go over to Patreon.com/slash/local bar, 
That's where you can donate to the show. Uh, if you don't know, we are giving the proceeds, not the, I keep saying proceeds. We're giving everything that's donated in June, July, and I believe we're doing August, maybe even September. I don't know. Um, to our buddy Ace, uh, Andrew Evans, who was on the show a few weeks ago, uh, who is running uh, the New York City Marathon for a great program called Education Through Music. It is a program that goes to schools and completely funds the the music program from instruments to the actual teacher in public schools. It is an amazing program, and Ace is raising money for them. It just reminded me, Ace, I need to send you a text because I'm a bad friend. You asked me a question about a week ago, and I didn't get back with you. Um, I, all the money that we have is going to him. Please go over there. But maybe if enough people hit up uh, the Patreon account, maybe I'll, I'll do a rant for those of you patrons on why I can't stand Snapchat filters. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do that. If you donate to Patreon uh, in the month of uh, – if you become a patron within the next couple of weeks for August – uh, you get you get you get content that nobody else gets if you go to the Patreon page become a patron. I will send you my rant on why I can't stand Snapchat filters, and maybe I'll have Maria and one or both of the girls do a uh, a, a rebuttal to uh, why I don't like them. But I, I do have a, a great example of why I don't like them uh, over on the HuffPo on the Huffington Post uh, that I saw this morning when I was cruising through it. Uh, here's here's how it reads. Uh, like an episode of Black Mirror, Canadian police live stream a press conference on Facebook about a double homicide using a filter that made an officer appear to be a feline homo sapien hybrid. A spokesman for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police of British Columbia apologized for the, quote, technical difficulties and explained that a tech, a, a, a quote, automatic setting on Facebook Live had been switched on. The press conference was re-recorded without the cat filter, which added whiskers and ears to the officer. And the new version was posted on Facebook on Friday. This person, this cop, looks ridiculous. It looks like it looks like a cartoon movie. Have you seen the um, uh, the stuff for cats that everybody's flipping out about? It looks like a character from that movie and, and Cats is giving this presser for a double homicide. So so. Nothing that could even be taken seriously. I mean, taken as a joke. It is extremely serious. Doing it as a cat. People. People, get get, get control of your filter. Get control of your use of these ridiculous things on your social media. (laughs) <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go to Huffington Post and check it out. It is absolutely just dumb. I, there are so many other words that I could use, but I better not. This is a family show somewhat, except for when Black Iron Gathering or Don Merkel's on. Speaking of musicians, uh, I want to get right to the interview. Uh, Chad Atkins, uh, again, he he plays uh, the part, I guess is the way to say it, of Axel. In the Guns N' Roses cover band, Appetite for Destruction. Uh, you can find them, by the way, on Facebook at Not Quite GNR. It's probably the best way to to find them and see some of the pictures and uh, links to other stuff that they do. For those of you that don't know, um, a, a tribute band is not a cover band. A, a cover band uh, like my band. Oh, by, oh, by the way, by, by the way, hang, hang on one second, Chad, and, and all you other Appetite for Destruction fans. By the way, free times. Here in Columbia, South Carolina. By the way, 
I, I am in a cover band. As you know, I, I play uh, in Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. Don, who was on the show last week, I always use his music for the show because I love it. I want to promote it and because I have the rights to it. Um, but I, I do have another band that I play in. It's a cover band. It's called Duncan Sims and the Accused. A few weeks ago, we played at the Hangar, uh, not far from here, and blew the doors off the place. Had a great crowd, had a blast. Once we got the sound under control, we took our own PA system and absolutely shook that hangar and and everyone had a great time and i'm going to tell you the day the hangar says hey would you guys like to before they can finish the sentence yes we will be back that was a great time and we've actually had a lot of folks reach out to us and they really love that show but we were set to play at the art bar great place in the vista of columbia south carolina um very um very we'll call it an offbeat place it's very different um and it has been for decades and it always should be that way it is it is a fantastic place uh, to go and hear some some really cool bands that come through. So we had an opportunity to go and play. And uh, we decided to bring our boys in from 48 Fables. Uh, Kevin, who plays bass in Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths, has a, a band that they do some covers and some originals. And then uh, this other band, Wombat Junction, who uh, they do a few covers, but they do a lot of their own originals as well. Great band, uh, unique sound. Uh, we really like them both a lot. And so he's like, hey, that would be a great show. All three of us will play. We picked the middle spot because... Well, we're the oldest of the three bands, <laughs> and, and uh, we uh, we like we don't like to play first, but we don't like to play too late sometimes. And so um, uh, we picked that middle spot. And the Free Times, the Free Times wrote wrote a, 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 a wrote a little excerpt about things happening this weekend. Oh, it was great. They talked about Wombat Junction and his uh, glowing terms, and they talked about all the stuff that they did. And then they talked about Forty Eight Fables, who has been around. For a much shorter period of time than us and Wombat Junction, and talked about them and what they're doing and the kind of music they play and the the the, the way that uh, uh, they 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 are on stage and their presence and all they did all this beautiful stuff. And at the very end, Duncan Sims will also perform. What in the what in the world for a place that blew the doors off the hangar not a week before? And by the way, absolutely rocked the art bar. We had a great crowd. Thank you for all of you who came out. Uh, we had a great crowd. It was a lot of fun. I hope one of you from the free times was there. Maybe we'll get something better than and with him as always is Garth for our next for our next gig. Extra points to those of you who got the Wayne's World reference there. Um, but uh, the difference between a cover band and a tribute band, a cover band like what I play in, there's there's tons of songs that people want to hear we go out play your favorite songs maybe we'll play request you know all the songs it's it, we, we rarely play originals a tribute band is not really that a tribute band fully embodies what the band was they dress up exactly like the people uh in the band they mimic them they they are actors when they go on stage they are acting and they look at everything from videos to interviews. They read magazine articles. They they completely, they, they are character actors. Uh, so not only do they have to look like it, though, they got to play this stuff. And man, playing, you know, playing Slash and, and Duff's stuff, Izzy's stuff, this is not, it's not easy to do. And, um... Out of all the tribute bands I've seen, and and I and I totally mean this. I got I got better things to do than sit and lie to you guys. This is the best one I've ever seen. It, it, my my buddy Jeff and I were watching them years ago, and my it was like my mind was playing tricks on me. There were moments I fully believed I was watching Guns N' Roses from the early 1990s. We even had a moment with where we were standing that I was like, 
what if that's really Slash? Like, what if Slash is just out here playing with his band and everyone thinks it's a tribute band? Like, it was that good. And um, the acting that these guys do, the performance they put on, is just electrifying. Uh, if you can see a show, I, I, there's a chance to go see Guns N' Roses in Atlanta or Charlotte, I think, coming up in the next few months. I'd like to go and see them. But I'm... I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I'm gonna say this. I would be much more excited and through the roof to see Appetite for Destruction because that is the Guns N' Roses that I remember, and I get an opportunity to go back and see a replay of something that I loved, and, and I think that's what a lot of these tribute bands do. Uh, j- just as a a, a, a PSA uh, for the Senate here, because I love you guys and I love what you do, even though you haven't asked. Either the bands come play over there. Um, they, they, they are. It looks like that one of the things they've done is they've tried to make a theme of this, and they're not, they're not cramming it down our throats. It looks like they spaced it out over quite a few months here. Uh, but I just noticed that they've got a few tribute bands coming through over the over the next uh, six months to a year. Uh, so if this is something that interests you, I would go and check out the Senate. Uh, you may see a band. Uh, I believe I saw a Prince good luck to you on that one. I, I may have to go see that one just to, to just to see for myself if you can pull that off. Um, I think uh, you know, there's just a couple of others. I know there's a David Bowie one, um, and, and maybe we'll get uh, a little bit more information about that as those events get closer. Um, but back to this one. Uh, Appetite for Destruction um, it fully embodies what, what Guns N' Roses did, and, and, I, and I had a chance to sit down Talk with Chad Atkins, uh, the, the lead singer of the band who plays a part of Axl Rose, and talk a little bit about uh, what he does to prepare for this, what it means to him. And I found him to be not only a super cool guy, uh, but uh, really, really very open into um, kind of uh, opening up the, the, the backstage and letting you see the man behind the curtain and, and talk very openly about what they do. So uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Chad Atkins, and I will talk to you on the other side of the break. With me this week is a uh, is a guest that I I could not be more excited to have on the show. I have not met this gentleman uh, before, but I have seen him. Well, I've kind of seen him. I've seen him in his alter ego status uh, from the Guns N' Roses tribute band called Appetite for Destruction. I have with me none other than the not quite Axel Chad Atkins. Chad, how are you? I'm great, man. How you doing, Chad? <laughs> the first Chad I've had on the show. So this is, you know, and I do love talking this to myself. This going to blow up, man. I'm t- yeah, you know, <laughs> I love talking to myself. Now I get to kind of do it, and I don't have to answer myself. It's fantastic. Hey, um, I am uh, I'm stoked to, to have you on the show. I'm stoked that you guys are coming in town. Um, just off the top, for anybody that's in the Columbia, South Carolina area, 
these guys are playing at the Senate on Friday night. And, and I got to tell you, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina years ago. A buddy of mine said, hey, listen, I got us tickets. You got to come see these guys play. And I went and I was blown away. It was like I was taken back to 1992. It looked like I was in a club out in L.A. watching actual Guns N' Roses from that time. Um, the whole, not not just the 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 way you guys play, but the whole motif, the the way you embody what you do, it was fantastic, and I I could not be more happy that you guys are coming this way. Have you guys have you played Columbia before? Man, I appreciate that, man. Uh, but yeah, we we through the years, it's been a while. Um, but it's been a while since we played there. But we have a lot, pretty much like whatever was like the big rock room at the time we played like you know headliners and this and that we played jillions at some point oh wow some thing where they were doing like a tribute thing for a while uh played a, a bunch of different rooms i can't remember now all the names but in new brooklyn tavern we played there um but but yeah we've 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 been there uh over the years quite a bit but this is our first time back and man probably four or five years now now the senate is a is a fantastic not that there's other places aren't as well and uh you know like new brooklyn and you, you probably hit elbow room back a long time ago back in the day because you guys have been around for about 20 years right it started around 2000 yeah as a matter of fact when we first started playing columbia we were playing pavlovs oh yeah okay oh my god really yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah that was that would, that place was insane. I mean, it's tiny, but it was insane. Oh yeah, I can I can only imagine <laughs> playing in Pavlovs. Well, you you guys are uh, now. I know that you are from Raleigh. Are the rest of the guys in the band from that area too, or where are they from? Yeah, they are, man. That our drummer, man, he lives in the Greensboro area. Yeah. Um, the rest of the guys live around Raleigh, and I live outside of Atlanta now. I've been in Atlanta for over a decade, though. Okay, so. gotcha. So this band's been around for twenty years, and you know, if it just just so people understand, if you haven't seen a tribute band, this is not like a cover band. This is this is this is a group that fully embodies the band. Like you would swear it is the actual band. And there's there's quite a there's there's quite a bit of bands that are out there. You can find um, tribute bands to some of your favorite stuff um, probably on YouTube. You can probably do a search. You guys, though, I, I've searched around for other Guns N' Roses tribute bands. You guys have it better than anybody else. And and, and, I, and it, just off the top, I, I have to say, and it's not just because you're the one that's on the show. It's not like if Slash came on, I'd be saying this about him. <laughs> no, you, it's fine. <laughs> your embodiment of Axel is phenomenal. I, I'm curious, I'll, when you it, when you started this up, how long were you doing it before you you went from being like, "Am I doing this right?" to you know what I I feel like I've got this act down. Like, how long did it take you to really feel like you were getting it? Did I grew up on a man? I mean, it was just like uh, I uh, I was in bands as a kid, you know, like before this, and I was copping his style the whole time. You know, I wouldn't right. admit it. You know, right? I, you know, if somebody said it, I'd be like, I hate Guns N' Roses. <laughs> lying my ass off you know but but um but i i i already like knew everything about that band and then um my friend was like bugging me over and over and over again about like we need to start this like i guess you know we were fresh out of high school a couple of years out of high school he was bugging me about it like, we we need to start a guns and roses tribute band and i was like man i don't want to be in some cover band you know whatever but 
like inside, I, you know, I kept saying to myself, like, man, it would be fun to pretend to be Axel and like get away with it. Like you're, it's okay to pretend. So I finally eventually gave in. I was like, all right, you know, we'll, let's do it. And so we played like one show at the brewery in Raleigh and it sold out. And it was wow. like, oh, okay, well, cool. We'll book another. And we booked another and it sold out too. And then we started getting calls for like frat parties and stuff, not like out of nowhere. And, and it just blew up from there. So we, it just kind of worked, but I mean, I just always knew everything about Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose, man. I like idolized them, but, um, the singing though, man, that was different. Cause <laughs> like I could, I could pretend to be him, but the singing, man, like that was tough. I, I had just recently got to a point where my range was like there where I could like do that stuff or whatever, yeah. but I'd blow my voice out like in no time, you know, like it was, it wouldn't, wouldn't last. I didn't know how to do it the right way or anything. And, but I just, I don't know, man, we practiced for months before we played our first show and it's still like, I mean, you just like, I was screaming. I didn't use any falsetto <laughs> back then. I didn't get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was, and, and so I was just like screaming for every note and, uh, blew my voice out in a couple of years. It's kind of beating around the bush to answer the question. But the thing is I beat, I, I blew my voice out after about, uh, we went, we went full time in the band about two years in and about a few months into there, I blew my voice out and I came home and I got steroids and saw an ENT and that night we had to play again. So I had got steroid, a steroid shot and prednisone pack like that day. And then that night we played a, um, frat in charlottesville and uh this is me basically promoting steroids because they're amazing (laughs) (laughs) you shouldn't overdo it of course like you know they're bad for your body right too often but man if you are a singer on the road and you are partying too hard you sing (laughs) wrong or are you just worn out man oh my god i mean they're magical and so yeah that helped and but then after that you know my ent told me to take lessons and so i took lessons from two different people like an operatic uh singer and like a contemporary style singer and and after about uh, i don't know a few months half a year something like that after that i got the idea i, I got how to what i what i would call faking it you know yeah Where it sounds like you're screaming but you're not really screaming or whatever i guess they call that middle voice or whatever but but it 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 helps out a lot. But, talk, talk. That, so yeah, so it took years is my point, I guess, to like actually get it to where you could play every night and actually do okay, you know. Talk about really embodying Axel by saying that drugs are magical. I'm gonna tell you it's like nineteen ninety two all over again. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm astonished. So, you know, one of the things that you see with a lot of musicians nowadays is most frontmen are playing an instrument. It's one of the things that I do miss from a lot of the bands that we had in the nineties. Um, even, even with the hair bands or, you know, there's a new Motley Crue documentary that's out on Netflix now. So people are kind of like just <laughs> relearning about those bands at that time. And, there, and there's not a lot of front men nowadays that really embrace being a front man as a guy that was a musician getting into this tribute band. I mean, I know you've been doing it for a long time, but, um, how long did it take you to just, just be cool with the fact that, you know, I, I'm just going to be a front man. I'm going to go back and embody what those guys always did. Did that come a little bit more naturally than I think, or did that take a little bit of uh, getting over some, I don't want to say stage fright, but just just that idea that there's nothing else in my hands, I've got to just be Axel and I'm not doing anything else. How was that? I just did that. Like I, I, I've always played guitar, but 
I'm I'm a bedroom guitarist, you know. Gotcha. And, and so like, in fact, like even playing on stage is tough, like because we're wearing a strap as opposed to like sitting down is not even something I'm really used <laughs> used to. So right. I mean, I've never really I, I had to pick up the bass um, for a short while when we lost our bassist in our original band when we were kids. But other than that, I had always just wanted to be a from. I mean, at, you got to think like at the time, man, when I was a kid. All that stuff was still prominent. I wanted to be uh, Axel or Sebastian or Chris Cornell. You know, they were right. all, I mean, Chris Cornell, yeah. like, yeah, he played on stage, but not in the videos and stuff. You know, I mean, you still got the idea that he was a just a front man or Ian Athbury, you know, all those people. That's what was going on then anyway, you know. So so it, that's, that's what I wanted to do anyway. So that was kind of natural. Um, the stage fright, though, was the thing that made it scary to be on stage was to be like wearing little 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 white biker shorts the biker like shorts a, yeah like I bet. Or, yeah all those because that's one thing that wasn't happening by the time we got, like, <laughs> nobody was wearing like i mean hell even at the time axel was doing it nobody else was wearing this weird ass clothes and um i've kind of i've kind of like gotten down to the point where i wear most of the time now um it, you know if not like ripped jeans or something really toned it down but but still like i mean yeah, like our first show, man, I had like these like spandex pants on, you know, and then like the next <laughs> the next show I wore the whitey tidy like little tight little biker shorts. So that that was hard. <laughs> you had to you had to wade into that pool. You couldn't just jump right in, huh? Yeah, that was yeah, that was kind of <laughs> What what are the other the I think the other thing that makes you guys phenomenal is the musicians that you have on stage. I mean, the guy that plays Slash rips into the solos you know good guitar solos that when you go to see a guns and roses tribute band you're, you're going to want to hear that that style that slashes that slash is known for i mean you you want to hear the the bass lines that duff mckagan throws down like you, you, you if you're a fan of the band you know the riffs that you want to hear and you guys you guys nail them and, it, and it's fantastic talk about the the, the musicians that you play with not just you know obviously they're up there and they're playing characters but you you can't fake that like you've got to be able to play it uh, talk about those guys and, and the job that they do how, how long did it take them and you guys before you could go out there and say all right we're not just up here playing a couple of cover songs and dressed as the band like we really are kind of personifying it even through the music that we play yeah man i mean i think that's an important well I know that's an important part of like the tribute thing. And I, I feel even if you're like a, a cut, a bar, a bar band cover band or whatever, like I, th I think that that should even be important there. Um, the tones and the, the way you play the songs, stuff like that it means a lot. You know I mean? You could play, you could play guns and roses on an Ibanez with a Floyd Rose and with a bunch of effects and stuff, but it's not the same, you know, or EMG, you know, pickups or what i mean you know it's that it, it, you have to play it a certain way you have to play it through certain um uh through equipment that makes sense you know marshall's less pulse things like that i mean but these you know i mean it's important because it, it it's it's all a part of the the gimmick you know um and these guys like yeah man they're they're great great musicians to play with um and they taken their time to learn that and, and like Bill, who plays Slash, he's funny, man. Um, I, I originally met him like in another band. He was in a Poison tribute. 
Oh, no yeah. way. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we made fast friends like with that band, like Appetite was on the road and, and they were on the road and like whenever we would cross paths, like we would hang out that night and all that stuff. And they were great, but, but like anytime Bill ever got involved in like a tribute band or anything like that, man, I mean, he goes all out. He buys every piece of equipment that like the guitarist is known for. I mean, to show you some of these like guitars he's had from over the years, man, he's, he custom made the flying V that like, that people see cc deville play yeah and he's got he's got this strat that looks just like the um mick mars guitar he did oh, yeah? everything yeah and it's he even wore it down sanded it in the spots where it was worn down and stuff i mean like he really goes all out uh so it, yeah but but it, it, chris who plays izzy man he's been doing this so long with me that he's kind of naturally knows what izzy's gonna do <laughs> you know now you know right is is sort of his playing style anyway. Um, he's not like so Stones influenced like like Izzy is, but but still like he's still kind of got that roots rock style of playing to him anyway. So it kind of came natural. But I'm I'm really I'm really curious about a couple of things that you guys have probably dealt with through the years. I mean, number one, when you when you have a band that's a tribute band. Um, you know, it's not like anybody's going to be able to have that look and, 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 and have that ability to, to, to play like they do, um, to get up there and sing like you do. So keeping the band together has got to be important. You, you did mention that uh, you had a bass player. I think you said that was in an earlier band. Have you switched out guys in this band before? And if you have, how hard was it to find a replacement? Oh, good Lord, man. We've changed members more than the real Guns N' Roses at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so many different people come and go in this band. And I mean, I kind of look at it like you just grow in the family, you know what I mean? Um, like, uh, we've got a lot of guys that are kind of, um, that will take the call, like if we need fill in too and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, I don't, you know, it's not... It's not so hard because now, I mean, like, if you play rock, like, there's a good chance that you were influenced by, you know, Guns N' Roses to some degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it just seems that way anyway. I mean, like, I mean, maybe maybe in my circle it seems more that way because if I meet somebody, I might meet them at a show or something, so it kind of makes sense. But I'm just saying, like, still, like, I mean, I've met so many people that so many guitarists that like grew up loving slash and stuff. And it doesn't mean that they can necessarily play like him, but it does, but it, it, it kind of helps if you're looking for the role to be filled or, or something like that, you know, um, you kind of weed out, you know, you, you first and foremost, make sure that they're a fan, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, of Guns N' Roses because, you know, it, you, you meet people that, Say, well, you know, I kind of know him, you know, but I can look into it or whatever, you know. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. But, right, right. But, yeah, but, no, I mean, it's 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 harder to find, you know, like the fit, like in the like the whole brotherhood, the fraternal part of it, you know, the the, the fact that you're going to be on the road so much together or whatever. Like, that's, that that's, I think that's the harder fit to make, um, Cause I think, I mean, you know, this like musicians are weird, you know, <laughs> but like, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, we've definitely got a great group of guys and it's, I know, I know there's people out there that 
play, you know, in bands that don't take it too seriously and don't, but, but I mean, these guys did their homework, you know what I mean? And yeah. they, they, they're great and they've got kind of a long history before they even, you know, came into this and stuff. So it makes sense. Sure. Know? Yeah. I, I'm amazed when I was doing a little bit of research for the show and the interview today, I, I, I was amazed. I, I've, I've seen tribute bands before. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, and I've seen them around. I mean, that, ever since I was in sure. college, I'd see them around. Uh, you guys were the first Guns N' Roses tribute band, I'll tell you. And there's not there's not a lot of you guys out there. But I'm amazed at how many tribute bands there are. And there's a little bit more yeah. of a culture there. Um, and, and looking them up, some of them were rather impressive. I mean, some some of them weren't. But there's, hey, yeah, there's right. all kinds. But I was yeah. really amazed at, at, at the fact that there is this culture of it. We seem to have quite a few of them. I know that the Senate has a few over the next six months that are coming through and some of them look pretty fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in, in checking like a couple of the other ones out. Um, I, one of the things that it kept, I could not get out of my mind today was with imitation being the most sincere form of flattery. How often is it that a tribute band gets to meet or hears from the band that they are doing the tribute of? Have you ever talked with Slasher Axel? Have you gotten anything from them, like like even an email or anything like that? Or is that something that just rarely happens with tribute bands? I think it's happening more and more lately. Um, like I got my friend Jason, who's in Flippery When Wet, does a Bon Jovi tribute. Um, they just played Bon Jovi's Cruise, you know? Like, oh, my I mean, God. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insanity, man. I mean, just to, to get that gig. And, 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 I mean, I've heard of a, a Metallica tribute opening for them. Year, year, well, actually, I guess that was quite a few years ago, but um, but still, the fact that that happened, you know, like that's crazy. Um, they were open and they were on the road with them, and and um, like I think it happens more. Uh, another one is like that Poison band that I was telling you about earlier that Bill was in. Um, the singer for that actually went and did rehearsal for Brett when Poison was in town in South Carolina. They were in Greenville, and um, oh and, wow. Brett, I don't even know if this was like they made this up just to give him a special night or something. But right. like, Brett, Brett had things to do or whatever, you know. And they asked him if he would do it, and he was like, "Oh yeah," you know. <laughs> he was just like hanging out because he knew, uh, like Brett's like his solo project. He knew his guitarist. I can't remember his name right now, but I I don't know him, but he knows him. And um, and uh, so he went through the whole set, man, like front to back. There's wow. Rehearsal. Their rehearsal was like first song to last song, the, all the lights, the pyro, everything, the whole show except for the crowd. And he did the whole thing with them. And I I was like, wow, man, that is amazing. And then, you know, ACDC did a similar thing when they were looking for a replacement for Brian Johnson. Um, there was a, there's a guy in Texas, uh, Darren, and a guy in North Carolina, Lee, who both tried out and did the same thing that – Scott did just like you know uh, doing the rehearsal like when they tried out they did a whole set and it was the whole thing you know with ACDC but um, anyway uh, we've I've met Slash but I met Slash before we started oh really I met him yeah I met him out in LA um, at this strip club on La Brea called Crazy Girls and uh, and it he was just so cool man I mean he was laid back there was not a bit of rock star to him all man really he was like yeah he talked my ear off for like an hour and a half you know? <laughs> like yeah i was i even stopped him like 20 minutes in i was like hey you want to go outside have a cigarette and he's like uh yeah man you know <laughs> so we went outside and kept talking and shit 
he was just the coolest guy, man. Um, and Dizzy Reed, the keyboardist, yeah, he um, his like cover band that traveled when GNR wasn't working, which back then, back when I'm talking about was all the time because Guns N' Roses wasn't doing anything. But um, he would travel with this band called Hookers and Blow, and um, it was a cover band, and it had a it had a cycle of musicians in it. It was never the same, all the same people whenever they came to town. It's somebody different, but, but, they, but he did, he's, he's still doing that, but he did that for years and they opened for appetite in Raleigh. And, um, and of course I, I made that happen. Like my, my buddy who owns Lincoln theater in Raleigh, he called up and he was like, Hey man, you know, it's just like looking for advice. He's like this, uh, dizzy Reed project. Do you think that's worth, uh, like booking and i was like wait a minute i was like let us do that i was like yeah it's worth it but let us do that and so we worked it out and they opened for us and dizzy came on stage and played oh, songs no with us way wow yeah yeah we did that twice and in between um he had this like residency at uh rum runners in raleigh it's like a dual and piano bar yeah i know that and one like yeah and so for like a week like he had a gig there where he would just play, you know, it wasn't like pulling pianos or anything, but he's yeah. playing like kind of lounge stuff, like laid back. Gig. <laughs> and it was just him and his guitarist. And, and he called me up and he's like, Hey man, I'm doing this thing in Raleigh. And I was wondering if you wanted to do the singing for like the GNR stuff. I was like, I'm already there. <laughs> you know, like, so that was pretty cool, but that's it. That is, so I met slash beforehand and then dizzy during, ah, during it. That's so still, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Man. That's, that's really cool. What's well, so, you know, being able to go out there and, you know, it's fun when, whenever you watch your shows. I mean, obviously you guys bring the, you bring the energy. I mean, it, it, it's, it's exploding on stage from the moment you start. Um, the crowd really gets into it. You know, I, I'm sure you have your good shows and your not so good shows, but you know, it's sure. really, it's really hard not to jump right into it and jump right back into the early 1990s once you guys start up. And it is, it's something that, um, I don't think you, you could go just like, yeah, I'll go see them. And, and 30 seconds in, you're going to be full in to it. You know, I, I get that, but it can't always be, it can't all be roses. Ah, you see what I did there? So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure, the, I'm sure I'm the first person that's done that with you on an interview. What, what, what's, what's some of the tough things that people don't know, whether it's an onstage or off stage that's specific to tribute bands. And it could be you guys, or it could be something that's just, kind of um an an epidemic that all tribute bands run into like what, what are the big challenges that you guys have um well i'm trying to think um one of the challenges for tribute bands now is that there's just the and there's an immense amount of tributes around now you know they're everywhere now and and so you know like i think people that are musicians that decide to uh, find some easier way of making money doing music. Uh, I think a lot of them like default to playing in a tribute band. And they don't realize that like, it's kind of, you know, the, the, the market's kind of full, you know? Right. And so it's, it's not, I mean, even back in the day, it's not like, you know, if you sucked, you couldn't get a gig, but, but it was a little easier, I think than it is now to get that, respect and that um attention um if you're new like you know like it's really hard to i mean because there's already probably already a band doing doing the act that you're 
wanting to do, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and especially if there's one in every market, you know, then it's kind of hard to, I mean, like, a, you know, we travel anywhere, but I mean, there's a lot of places that are hard to stay in, hard to go back to, or hard to get there the first time, just because there's probably, even if, even if you think that you take it more serious than the band that's there, whatever, like they're going to be cheaper because they're local, you know, and all that stuff. And so that's, I think that's the, a, a big, um, I think that's, that's one of the biggest hard, hard things to, to tackle in a tribute band. But, um, I don't know, man. Um, other than that, it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Cause you've already got all these stuff written out for you, you know? <laughs> Just, I mean, what do you, yeah, people already yeah. know your hits, so it's great. Yeah. It's, it's great about that. Well, you know, you have to have a lot of energy on the stage, and I'm sure you've been doing this for 20 years, and I'm sure you're still jazzed just as much as you ever were when you get out there and, and you get you get to embody Axl Rose. But what things? Unbelievably, you, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you think you get, you know, it's like I know original acts are always talking about the, like their hit song, like oh god, I gotta play that again, you know, or something, you know. But the truth is, man, it's awesome, dude. I mean. It might take on a different role, you know, throughout the years. Like you might, you might see a song in a different way than you did, but it's always fun, man. I mean, um, like I, I, I still get nervous and it's not because I'm nervous to be on stage. It's, it's like you're nervous. Like, am I going to have a voice tonight? You know, or, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. like things like that. And that nervous energy is good because it turns into adrenaline, you know? So that's cool. But what, what were you saying? I'm sorry. And I was just gonna say, when you get out on stage, what kind of things do you feed off of? Like when you're out there and amongst the crowd, and you're getting going, is it is it just the vibe you get from the crowd? Is it the guys in the band? Like what really keeps you and gets you rip roaring when you're out on stage? Good sound. <laughs> 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 like if the sound system is good, if the if the engineer's good, then that's like man. I mean, that makes or breaks your night, man. You can have you can be playing for thousands of people. And it's just like if you if you can't hear things right, man, that just takes all the wind out of your sails. Or if like your equipment's off, like I don't really have a I got a microphone, right? But like if one of our guitarists or something's having a problem with his amp that night, you know, you can just see it just like fall out of him. You know, it's just like oh, this sucks. You know, and and that that'll tear you down quick. But but like that's first. Like but then like on top of that, man. I mean, obvious the obvious crowd. I mean like. Um, but it, you know, like where it used to be, like, I couldn't play to a seated theater very well because it seemed too calm and it seemed too weird. I felt weird, like running around like a clown, you know, while everybody's just kind of sitting there you yeah. know, watching. But nowadays I like it because I'm a little older now and stuff. And also Guns N' Roses, too, so you can kind of see like this transition, you know, where, where you can like picture a crowd just listening to what you're doing or whatever, you know, and just like. So, I mean, wild crowds are cool, um, whatever. Uh, obviously, it makes it easier if it's packed and if people are really into it and stuff, man. But, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, it it makes, you know, to, to see faces that actually, you know, that they know the stuff. Like, I know everybody knows Sweet Child of Mine and stuff like that. But, but like, if you could tell, like, I mean, when you tell that, like, the people out there like you know the people in the front or whatever really know a bunch of the songs and stuff like that's great you know because then you can kind of go off you can play some b-sides and stuff like that and, and when you do the banter a lot of times i'll you know 
borrow the banter from a live moment that GNR had that was, you know, popular, like on the Ritz or the Usual Illusion Tokyo videos or something like that. But, um, then, and, you know, and you can tell that they're going to recognize that or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, being like, I know that being like in an, another town and then like seeing somebody you're familiar with, you know, from somewhere else, like, wow, you know, they see familiar faces and that's fun. But, mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm going to, I think <laughs> it might not be so cool or rock and roll to say, but I think that this, the sound, the sound is <laughs> the number one thing I can make or break it. You know, so you got, you guys have been doing this for, uh, for quite a while. And, you know, I, I don't see any reason for you to slow down at all. When, when all is said and done with this band and you look back on it and you look at where you started from, man, I, I don't really want to do a band like this to putting it together, um, playing all the shows, seeing all the changes, the different band members, um, playing this music and, and, and getting a chance to kind of uh, have fun in a way that that a, that a band and some guys you really look up to and really enjoy that brought joy to your life um, you know you you get to you get to uh, pretend to be them and in a lot of ways it's more than pretend you're out actually out there on stage doing it but when all this is said and done and you're looking back on it you're, you're sitting for, for anyone who hears all the frogs in the background you're, you're sitting at Hilton Head now so let's go a, yeah right let's go a few decades into the future you're now retired in Hilton Head and you're thinking back about the band and the run that you had what are you going to think about the most what's going to bring the most joy and satisfaction to what you what you do and you can cheat and say it's what's done it to this point but but where do you think you'll be with it when you're done with it i don't know i mean it's it's life-changing because now at this point like it defines a huge portion of my life i mean god nearly 20 years you know like uh it's it's it is really hard to say because it's it's almost like trying to say what's your I mean, this is this has been the big the bigger part of my career, basically. You know, for right. that long, so it's really hard to say, man. Um, I think, I mean, I there's, you know, your goals keep changing. Like when we first started playing, man. I mean, like a 300 number crowd was was a huge show, you know. And then, you know, you play you know, bigger venues or something. You play House of Blues or Fillmore or something like that, and playing in front of thousands or a thousand or more, whatever, you know, played, um, Vegas, uh, new years. There were supposedly 30,000 people there, which wow. is insane. Yeah. It, I swear to God, it didn't look like that though. But that, I mean, <laughs> it was the whole Fremont street. Like it, it was all full, but, um, but I mean like, you know, like your, your goals keep like kind of growing or whatever, you know, um, I get, you know, really, truly it's not even i guess it's not even about the business i guess like the the thing that's the best is, is the relationships you've made along the way and that's real i mean like i mean friendships and stuff made lasting friendships doing this um and you know some of them are banned and some of them are not you know like i i mean uh one of my best friends is the uh dude named sammy out of new orleans that a place that i might not have ever visited if it wasn't for this you know and then, um, like, I don't know, man, like, hell, I, I met my wife at a, at a show in Atlanta, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, that's life changing for sure. Um, but you know, just, I think it's that kind of stuff, man, you know, like meeting people and everything. Um, cause, cause that is truly like, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously after 20 years, it, it shapes your life, but, but it really has. And because the people I know now and all that stuff, I mean, it's, 
so so many of them are you know in came from from this you know like that's how i met them and stuff so so before i get you out of here i got a couple more questions you just mentioned your wife quick question on that please tell me that she does look exactly like stephanie seymour right so it's the whole <laughs> november rain video your wedding pictures look exactly like that is that what it is we go with aaron everly okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll go there um, still not still not bad all right so i'm curious too your and I'm sure this changes, but maybe it doesn't. Your favorite Guns N' Roses song is my favorite one. To uh, I think it's so easy. Kind of always generally takes the cake. Oh wow! Um, but Rocket Queen is is fun to sing because yeah. the end. Um, it's not necessarily the first one I want to rock out to on the album. Um, but it is like one of the most fun to sing. Um, and yeah, it is so easy just because like, it's a real, like, I don't know. It's a real arrogant like song, you know? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's got swagger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I like that about it a lot, quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to think, man, uh, that those are kind of my default answers. Like anytime I'm asked, but I'm trying to think like if there's something that, that, don't really usually think about but like i mean you know i think honestly like i guess like maybe estranged is like my best my favorite guns and roses song really yeah because i haven't had a whole lot a whole lot of opportunities to play it we used to play it a long time ago but it's so long and it a lot of people will ask for it and they don't really know what they're asking for like they don't really know that they don't want it as much as like, <laughs> like once you play it, like you, you know, I mean, people gloss over after like 10 minutes of one song in this kind of, in this genre, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you can, you can get away with a November rain. Cause it's not, I mean, it doesn't seem, I can't remember how long November rain is, but I don't think it's as long. As I don't think it's think as it long is. as a strange though. Yeah. It, definitely not. Yeah. yeah, definitely not. But I mean, like it's strange is a badass song, but, Whenever we put it in the set, it eats up so much time, and it's a slow song, and that's you know that can that can be hard to manage, you know. Yeah. I mean, when you've got ten to fifteen minutes taken up by slow songs, basically, I mean, it's like wow, you know, like where are we going to put patience and don't cry now, knocking, you know. Um, so we can't play it that often, but I love that song, man. That song is awesome, and the, I mean, it, I mean the the changes in it and everything, you know, the, the build up and everything. I love that tune. And there's so many lines in that song that's just like, I don't know. I think they they hit exactly, you know, like the feeling that you're looking for at that moment in the song, right? Or whatever. Yeah. As a guy, last question, but as a guy that's gotten a chance to live um, a mirrored image to Axl Rose, or at least uh, for a specific part of his career, um, and gotten to to see in in a lot of ways the same adoration that he's gotten and, and kind of gone through the band dynamics. Cause I'm sure that even though you've got, you've got a tribute band, there's obviously band dynamics and all the stuff that you have to do for a touring band over all these years. If you're sitting somewhere and uh, Axel walks in, sits down at the bar next to you and you get to ask him one question, what is it? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> I mean, like seriously, <laughs> like, it, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't ask him anything about it. I mean, like, the, I think that the burning question that any, 
you know, Guns N' Roses or Axl Rose fan would want to ask, it would have something to do with his temper or any of these like yeah. infamous moments in his career or whatever. But obviously you can't ask him that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, actually, no, 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 no. I, I've got it now. Okay. I've got it. Um, I would ask him if it was all a setup, like the whole breakup. Yeah. And then the get back together for the, for the Eagles, like when hell freezes over tour, you know what I mean? Right. Cause it seems, you know, like I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I mean, like, it's so funny how, I mean, the stories that they had behind it were very, um, you know, Axel kicking somebody out for wearing a Slash shirt or Slash saying that, uh, well, no, Axel saying that Slash is a cancer. And yeah. Like mean things that Slash has said and all this stuff, you know. But then, like, the more, like, the more you, you know, like, the more it went on and the more that there was no Guns N' Roses or at least not the original Guns N' Roses, like, I've been out to LA several times, like hanging out um, for different reasons. Like I had friends that lived out there and stuff like that, visit them or whatever. And you go out and then you see like Axel come out on stage with like one of the old members, you know, like Duff or <laughs> Gilby or somebody, yeah. you know, and like they're all jamming on stage and stuff. And it's like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like politics or something, you know, like these people are fighting and stuff like that. But then the cameras turn off, you know, and it's like, Hey man, how's it going? Right. You know, whatever. And, <laughs> and I really feel like, I mean, like to the level of, of hate that they were supposed to have, it's like, what really happened that would have created that? I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, bands are close, close as hell, but at that level in your career, you know, a lot of that business stuff is taken care of by management and lawyers and stuff anyway, you right. know? So it's just like, I don't know. I like, I just, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably people listening to this that are like, oh, dude, there's so many things that make you hate. But, but I'm just saying, like, I kind of feel like there was at least some sort of like maybe they were sick of each other. But they but I feel like maybe as as they walked away, they were like, OK, you know, like in 20 years, we're getting back. You know what I mean? Right, like We're going right. to do this again and make a bunch of money, you know, or something, you know, like I just feel like that. That would be the question. I'd be like, was it all bullshit? <laughs> yeah. That that is an extremely bold question and I love it. And I and I, and I appreciate your honesty on that. Uh, I'm going to ask you one last one based off that. If Axel's sitting there with his career that he's had and he sees you the premier tribute to Axel Rose that's out there dancing around stages across the world. What question do you think he would ask you? why <laughs> like, you know like i mean like could you imagine like i felt so silly like like around dizzy and um and um anybody else like, i guess that may not have been in the band but knew the band or whatever yeah and yeah. you know like uh we I, I can't you know it escapes me man i can't think of anybody right now but like i've been in scenarios where i know that they know them or at least one of them, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, as you got a bandana wrapped around your head, or you, you know, somebody's putting a wig on or something, and you're just like, it's got to look crazy. Right. Like, why are you dressing up like me or like a friend of mine or something? It just seems so weird, you know? Yeah. And, and especially from that generation, because, like, we didn't really have tribute bands back then. I mean, right. like, there was there were Kiss tribute bands and stuff, but that's kind of obvious. I mean, you can... You can make a show out of that. You're covering your face. You know, it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole different thing, you know. But, like, it just seems so strange. And so I do believe that that would be pretty much on the top of, like, 
why wouldn't you just do your own thing? I don't understand why, you know, it's right. They don't, I don't think they understand that their impact ended up calling for like bar bands to be doing it, you know? Right. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you again, I absolutely love your show. I mean, I was, yeah, I was a big Guns N' Roses fan, but the energy you guys have, the musicians that are on stage, um, the whole the whole presence and the energy you have, I just I cannot, I, I I just remember that night that I saw you guys and how phenomenal it was. If you are in the Columbia area, you got to check them out. Appetite for Destruction. They'll be at the Senate on Friday. If you're ever in Georgia, they'll be at the Cummings Music Festival on Saturday. If you want to check them out and uh, make sure that I'm saying this right, Chad, they are uh, not quite GNR on Facebook and Instagram. Website mm-hmm. is notquitegunsandroses.com. Um, yep. Chad Atkins, listen, you are you are amazingly talented. I don't know why they don't throw awards for you, not only for Man, your I, singing I but also for your it. acting. Because seriously, I, <laughs> and, and I, I don't mean it. Like I am absolutely blown away. I've seen plenty of tribute bands, and I've thought to myself, yeah, that's a pretty good gimmick. Yeah, they're pretty close. I felt like I was watching Guns N' Roses when I saw you guys, and it was amazing. And whenever you guys hold the audition for the dude that comes out and just says, you know, you wanted the best, but they didn't have to make it. You, you let me know. I'm standing in that line. I think you guys are fantastic. Chad Atkins, uh, lead singer, the Axl Rose of Appetite for Destruction. Check them out this Friday at the Senate in Columbia, South Carolina. Chad, thanks so much for coming on the show, talking a little bit about the behind the scenes and what you guys do. I absolutely enjoy not only seeing your band, but chatting with you, man. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Thanks a lot for being on. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate right. it. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Chad Atkins again for being on the show. What what a, what an incredibly nice guy and and what a what a cool story uh, to to have him sitting. T- I love the story about him meeting Slash and of course he met him in a strip club. If, if there's a place to meet someone that you that you idolize, why why would it not be in their natural environment? You know, um, so it's it's real easy, it's real easy, right? Yeah, you, you look at you, you look at this interview and you look at this show and and the question for this week is 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 simple why why are you scared to to chase something you really want to do i came across a a picture the other day that i had posted on facebook years ago um that said you know all those things you always wished you did you should go do them um it was one of the pictures that I, I saw that inspired me to start this podcast, uh, to start playing music again, uh, to to actually dare to dream with what I wanted to do with my job, and and I'm I'm I, I find myself today uh, in a role that I really kind of wanted for a long time. I I met, I met Maria. Three years ago today on Bumble, it all began with a right swipe, you know, (laughs) and a text. 
and uh, look where I am today. You know, you 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 have these things, and, and and people bring up ideas, and for a moment, you know, we 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 wonder, like, should I do that? Is that something I really want to do? But if we're if we're honest with ourselves, one of the things that lives in that conversation that happens within our soul is the idea of can I do it? A- am I going to fail? For those of you that are welding a family listeners, uh, the podcast that Maria and I do, which is back on iTunes, by the way, their fault, not ours. Um, you you know that Maria came across this book about straightening up and tidying up your entire house, and it really has more to do with tidying up tidying up your life. That this is something, yes, this is something rock and roll stars do. So this fits on a rock and roll show, right? And and one of the things that we've done is we've we've vastly changed some of the rooms of our house, but we're we're in the middle of it. We're still not done with it. And the stress and the anxiety is starting to wash over Maria a little bit. And the stress and anxiety lives in this one point. A- am I going to be able to do this? Are we going to accomplish this? Are we just going to fail? I think a lot of times when any of us look at um, things that we want to do and we start them, that that, it, that even comes back around. It's just just because you've decided to do something still, it doesn't mean that that doubt's not going to creep its way back into your your head and your heart, right? It, it's going to live there at some point and it's going to come back. And it's, and it's, it, even though you've evicted it, it's still going to try to sweet talk its way in. Oh, baby, you just need to hear from me one more time. That's all it is. And whenever we succumb to that, we fail to do something instead of seeing and looking back at how far we've come, we, we begin to look at how far we have to go. And we think it's miserable. There's no way I can make it. I find it funny that these guys, uh, you know, the way he, he began their origin stories, he said, you know, they're sitting around and they decided to do this and they did a show. And next thing you know, fraternity parties are calling them and and then they were getting gigs and they were getting booked for a lot of things. Because, and, and you can understand why, they're extremely entertaining. Just like I said, they are electrifying. They really are. They are one of the my favorite concerts I've ever been to. Seriously. My my wife, I remember I took her to a concert uh, right when we first started dating, and I saw her just lose herself at that concert. I don't know that I've lost myself at a concert like I did with these guys. The, these guys may be that concert for me. I'm, and I'm talking about a tribute band, and I mean it, which if I didn't see the other band, really, which there's a story where I kind of have, and that's for another day. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you lose yourself in it. But their origin story, why it's, he skimmed over it very quickly, it, come on. They had to get together. They had to rehearse. They had to suck a few times. They had to try it out. He, he had to try on the tight biker shorts. Uh, if you don't know what those are, Google them because you need to see them and prepare yourself before you go to the show on Friday. Um, there's a question about that I should have asked him. <laughs> regarding stuffing I, I, I don't know I don't know um the uh it, it, things don't things don't happen so easily they probably did a couple fraternity parties and I bet one or two of them sucked I bet the crowd was terrible I bet they even had some hecklers here or there you know you you do a tribute show I, I, I bet the I bet you've got your your down stories there's no reason for us to talk about that one of the things that I loved is just what he's done and what the band has done and, and how they succeeded, and and look where they are. They, it's their job. They're a tribute band, and they go around portraying their art, and they act the part on stage. They are putting on a play of freaking great rock and roll music, and I love that. 
but it had to begin with a lot of doubt. Not everything we want to do works out the way we planned. I bet when he was playing guitar in his bedroom, he wasn't thinking, I'm going to be in a tribute band one day to Guns N' Roses. No, he, he thought just like all the rest of us, I'm going to write music. I'm going to do that one day for myself. That's very hard to do. Um, Don Merkel was on the show last week, and I've talked about this before. I, I am constantly in awe of how wonderful a songwriter Don Merkel is. I don't know another one personally in my life that is anywhere near him. And what that's done is it's taught me how incredibly difficult and how extremely talented in a very specific area you have to be in order to do that, or at least be that good. I, I could write a song about your butt right now. I could, do it, I could write a limerick in a second. But, but to be able to do that to that extent is very, very difficult. And I'm, I'm very impressed with that. Adding to it, um, throwing some music down, collaborating with other musicians. Yeah, that's something that I do and something that a lot of us enjoy, something that the blacksmiths do very well, something that Duncan Sims does very well. But, but writing songs blows me away. So he, you know, he talked about it. He sat there. He, he, was, he was a guitar player and his bedroom guitar player. And this is what he did. And 20 years later, 25 years later, he's playing on the Las Vegas Strip, dressed up as Axl Rose with Slash beside him, belting out songs to the top of his lungs. Why, 30,000 people belt the songs right back to him? No, he didn't plan for that. He didn't set out and plan for that. But it came to him. I didn't know that I was going to get married when I when I sent a text back to Maria. Um, she was the one to text me first and the one to call me first, by the way. Let let the record show. Um, but uh but I was op I was open and my life was open to this experience when it had been closed off for a while before. And and look what it opened up to me. Same thing with the band. I wouldn't be playing all these really cool gigs with, with Don. And, and, and touring different places around the southeast and North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and you know, we, we you know, I fully believe there's a we're going to have an opportunity to open or pair up with somebody one day that's that's going to open even more avenues for. Same thing with Duncan Sims. We did one show at Foxfield, and someone's like, "Dude, you got to come play." At my bar, you got to, and it's great, and we failed. And we didn't know exactly what we're going to do. And quite frankly, I don't think we were set to be a cover band because we had really worked on some originals and we still bat this idea around until suddenly people are like, God, y'all are a really good cover band. You want to come play? And next thing you know, we've got gigs. We're turning down gigs. And we're having fun and it's exciting. And it's not just about being an opportunist and shedding your your original goals and dreams. It's not that. It's about evolving and looking and seeing, you know what? The plans I made before were close, but they weren't perfect. The goals I had before were nice, but probably a little bit off kilter for where my morality and my soul is. And so I have to change that. I think that um, a lot of times we, f- we fail to allow ourselves to evolve. And in that, that's where that doubt creeps in. So I'm going to leave you with this. Those things that you've always wanted to do, you should go do them. When you ask yourself if you're going to fail, you will most certainly fail by not trying. 
And just because your goal is different, when you finally get there and you're sitting on that porch in Hilton Head and you're looking back over 20 years, and it may be different, you'll feel like you succeeded more than you ever planned on doing because you're open to being nimble and being able to shift and change when shift and change were demanded or failure would have certainly met you. We worry too much about failure, but we also worry too much about succeeding the way we think success has got to come from the beginning. Success does not have to look at the end the way we planned it to be. Most people's lives at the end, because this is what I do for work, do not look like what they thought it would be. And most people are not unhappy when they say that. So, that band, that sewing class you've always wanted to take, that garden you've always wanted to plant, well, you may, you may have to wait till next year, but there's nothing that says you can't go ahead and start planning for it. That room that you've always wanted to clean up, that relationship you've always wanted to mend, that new restaurant you've always wanted to try, or that one you've always wanted to open, why the hell haven't you done it? Sure, maybe wearing spandex biker pants and a headband is not exactly what you thought you'd be doing in 2019. But you sure put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces and bring energy and joy to the people around you. And maybe success looks different than you thought. But are you really upset with yourself? Oh, hell no. Absolutely not. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week unless we see you on Friday night, July 26th at the Senate. Go there. Check out Appetite for Destruction. You will not be disappointed. Check out Patreon. Remember, all money goes to Ace Evans and his run for education through music. Till next week. Take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.